The views expressed in our podcast do not represent the views of all sorority organizations. You might even hear different viewpoints among MJ sorority team members featured. Real Talk intends to foster open dialogue about issues we see across the country that affect real women. And beyond these thoughts and recommendations, we would ultimately refer you back to local, state, and federal authorities, as well as your own sorority's rules and policies. While we intend to keep content light and informative, there may be insurance claims discussed that involve bodily injury and personal damage of a sensitive nature. Be aware that topics may be a bit graphic and even emotionally charged. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Real Talk with MJ Sorority, the voice of sorority risk management, where we talk about the big risks, small questions, and real challenges sorority women face today. MJ Sorority is the premier insurance agency for women's sororities. We are passionate about educating and empowering our clients. We believe that striving to be unique never stops, and that by promoting safe decisions and smart risks, we can continue to create spaces for women to grow, serve, and lead. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allison. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode where we get into what we can't stop talking about, besides sorority risk management, of course. For now, let's dive into our conversation and let's get real. Hello, Ruth. How are you doing today? I'm great, Allison. How are you? (laughs) Good, good. Well, what are we here to talk about today? We are here to talk about event planning contract review. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. It is a new year. There are new contracts swirling around. That's right. And um, yeah, time to talk about them. That's we, right. We've noticed the event planning episodes tend to um, seem to be important to people. And we know, especially with the new year, that you're planning a lot of new activities, new events for the semester and for the year. Um, so to start with, why do contracts matter? Uh, from a sorority sense, from an event planning sense, why do they even matter in the first place? Well, there can be a lot at stake when you sign a contract. Um, you may be interested in just getting to your event, having fun, um, but you, there will be a contract that has to be signed and there can be some pretty big implications for you or your chapter and your whole organization. Uh, it can be confusing to try to sort through the details in the contract language and understand what it all means. This is why you lean on MJ, me, <laughs> for help. Uh, we, and I say we, I mean me, because I am responsible for reviewing all your event contracts before you sign them. So don't send them to Allison or Astacia or Tiffany, send them to me. Um, if you have a contract, you're, you could be obligating your national organization to the terms outlined in the contracts, and sometimes those terms are unfavorable. Got it. So there's all these sort of implications beyond just moving on to the next step of your event right. that are in play when we're looking at contracts. Right. So if I'm planning an event, how do I even know that there is a contract to be signed? Does every event have a contract in place or sometimes not? Um, it just depends. If they don't, if you, if there's no contract, then you don't have to ask them to make a contract. However, if you enter into any kind of agreement, you could potentially be overlooking some insurance requirements. So sometimes there's contract, sometimes there's not. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like 
based on a lot of the fun things we've heard over the years that you get sent um, that there can be lots of different names for contracts or sometimes we'll ask for it and people will say, well, we don't have one. And after running through a list of things, we realize they do. It was just right. called something else, right? right? So um, do we want to run through some examples sure. of those maybe? Sure. There, there are lots of names for contracts. And even if we run through a few of them, I'm sure we're missing I'm some. sure we'll discover more. Yeah. Maybe even the, in the next few weeks, we'll discover Most more likely. names. Yes. <laughs> well, let's do a little lightning round, okay. speed round. Let's go real fast. Okay, so okay. I'm going to list off a bunch of different names, and you tell me, could this be considered a contract? Okay. Quite a bit. All right. Okay. Usage agreement. Yes. Lease. Yes. What about an online form? Um, most likely. Yeah. So even if it's not a piece of paper, but I filled out a form online for the venue, right. that could be a contract. And this happens a lot because a lot of the um, contracts are electronic now. So when I say, do you have paperwork? Nope. And we get to the very last minute. I did fill out something online, but I've already submitted it. <laughs> Those electronic signatures will get exactly. you. Okay, back to lightning. Okay. Paperwork. Probably. Terms and conditions? Yes. What about a service commitment? Maybe. An arrangement? Maybe. An obligation? Probably. <laughs> Sorry to sound like a thesaurus. Um, invoice? What if, what if it's just an invoice? Um, no, I don't care how much it costs. Okay. Nope. <laughs> what about a catering menu? Nope. What about a DJ song list? No. <laughs> but if you, put, if you play Build Me Up Buttercup, then... You get bonus. Oh, okay. <laughs> bonus points for that. Ruth likes a good song in the playlist. Uh, what about what about a napkin? This is real life. What about a napkin with a contract on it that we just wrote up ourselves since the venue didn't provide one? No. <laughs> what about that thing I signed for the venue? Yes. I don't think it's a contract, but it's a thing I signed. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully that makes it pretty clear. There's so many names for this piece of paper, but we've kind of determined that there's some sort of document to be reviewed. So if right. we figure that out. And we'll kind of give you a few words that you can kind of look for that you can help determine whether it's a contract or not. So continue listening. Yes. So once we have gotten that contract, how do we determine where it needs to go? Do we just email it straight to you? Do we email it to everyone on the sorority team? Do we follow up 10 times? No, 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 no. <laughs> Okay. I have a reputation that says that I put things to the very back of the queue if you do that. Mm -hmm. I but that's I don't on your do voicemail. That. Uh -huh. I don't do that. Uh -huh. The system does that. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. no, what you need to do is go to our website and complete the certificate of insurance contract review um, form on our website. And so the form is for both things, certificate re to get a certificate and for contract review. Correct. Okay. And if you don't know if you need a certificate, still fill that out because I will review the contract. Okay. Good to know. So when in doubt, it sounds like just send that document thing online form that you signed to us so that we can look for any red flags for you. And by we, again, we mean Ruth. Um, so I, and I do not always think, you know, just going through and talking about contract review, it sort of made me pause and remember, I don't always think to send my own personal contracts for leases, purchase agreements, event forms, um, even in my little side hustle as a DJ, to a professional to review, even though like I have an insurance policy with um, for my DJ equipment. I don't always think to kind of check with my, um, insurance agent, but I'm sure that there are insurance agents and attorneys out there that would do it for me. 
Um, and our clients, in this case, are lucky to have us as a resource, specifically you, Ruth, who looks at hundreds of contracts in a given week. So if anyone is an expert on sorting event contracts, I think we've got her. Well, I think it's thank you. thank you. Thank you. Don't send me your lease or anything that's <laughs> you don't want not my, sorority related. You don't want my, uh, I don't want to look at your my DJ. apartment lease no, no, or no. my uh, DJ no, contracts. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I won't bother you with those. But for our, both our sorority clients and anyone trying to find points of concern in a contract out there, what are some of the main things you are looking for, Ruth? What are the red flags? And are they always obvious? No. Sometimes the language can be very ambiguous. Um, they'll have com- coverage implications sprinkled Um, where you may not even expect it. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is why we always ask that you attach the entire contract. Let me say it again. (laughs) We need the, Sarah, if you could drop in, dun, 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 (laughs) entire contract. You need some sound effects. Yes. Yeah. Then I can help, let me, how do you say that? Help me help you. Help, help us help you. That's so right. not not just the insurance requirement section, not just send you no. a little screenshot of that. No. And even though we're focused primarily on the insurance implications and language that affects insurance coverage because we are the insurance agent, uh, we need to see more than just that section, right? Right. And it always helps. You said something, screenshot. It really, <laughs> it really, really helps if it's attached as a PDF because sometimes I'll... I'll get 46 pictures. And yeah, it's pictures so from your phone. Difficult. I know people don't always have like a fact, not even a fact, like a scanner or anything like that. But just ask the venue if they can send you the contract in an electronic copy. Don't feel like you need to take a bunch of pictures with your phone. It's, I wouldn't want a bunch of no. contract pictures on my phone. No, and it's so <laughs> difficult to review. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they end up looking weird on a computer because we're not doing this stuff on a phone. We're doing it right. on the computer. Right. So, yes, we know that's sometimes quicker for y'all. But if you could just ask whoever you're working with for an electronic copy, I'm sure they'd be happy to email that to you. Correct. And just as a reminder, too, why, why are we focused primarily on the insurance part of the contract, even if there's all this other legal language in it that could affect us? Well, we're not attorneys. All right, do you play one on TV? Um, <laughs> Judge though, Ruth. <laughs> uh, though we have a fabulous attorney on staff, Mrs. Tricia Brandenburg, mm-hmm. uh, we're not your organization's legal counsel, and we cannot provide contract language to you as part of your event review process. Um, we're not in the business of writing event contracts. So the only thing that we look for in a contract would be anything to do with insurance. Got it. Got it. So uh, what are some of the phrases that we pay attention to then as the insurance agent? Okay. Some would be um, an additional insured. That's big. Mm -hmm. Primary and non-contributory. That's bigger. Mm -hmm. Uh, Waiver of subrogation. Um, Sometimes there'll be a notice of cancellation. That's That's really kind of old language. We don't need to include that on the certificate anymore. Um, limits of insurance to ensure that they're adequate. Um, certificate of insurance, sometimes they'll say proof of insurance. Also, going back to the additional insurance, sometimes they'll call it um, named insured. That's not correct, but it, I've seen a lot of contracts mm-hmm. that refer to it as that. So, things like that. But again, if you're in doubt, send it to us. Right, because we don't need, I don't think, 
you aren't expected to be an expert in all that contract language. And we know what to look for. Again, Ruth looks at hundreds of these every week. And so she can pick out some of that language and what's actually concerning. Right. Uh, and what may be just, just part of the contract, right. just part of it. Just send it to me. I just love review <laughs> She does it all the time. <laughs> so, okay, so what if the venue has a contract, but they don't mention anything about a certificate of insurance? Uh, do we, because I know you said certificate of insurance will sometimes be there in the contract. It will say, you are required to provide a certificate of insurance, or it'll say something like, if a certificate of insurance is required, you've got to provide it. So, but if, but if they don't say anything about it to me, and I don't know what all that language means, uh, do I still need to have my contract even reviewed? Yes, because sometimes it won't say anything about a certificate of insurance, but it'll say, um, you agree to add us as an additional insurer. Mm. Doesn't say you have to give us a certificate with that language on there, but that's what that means. Mm. So yes, I need the, the contract. Again, the whole contract. PDF if, if possible. PDF if possible. Please don't send us screenshots. And uh, just as a side note too with that additional insured status, the way that the sorority insurance policies are set up is that that status gets applied if it's required by a written contract. So like Ruth just said, if that is in the contract, even if you didn't realize it was in there, you just signed your organization up for something. Right. Uh, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. but And on the other hand, mm -hmm. if it's not in the contract and the venue says, we need you to add us as an additional insured, we can't do that. It mm -hmm. has to be required by written contract. Ooh, that's a good point, too. Yeah, because sometimes we'll just get a, hey, can you just fix this language? And we say, well, where's the backup paperwork for that? Where is the contract that says that? And a lot of times they'll say, well, this is very common for organizations to do this. Not necessarily. Right. And that's just the way that your insurance policies work as our client, is there's that mechanism in there that says, if required by a written contract. So that's what that's what we've got to see, is the contract that says it to back it up. Otherwise, we can put words on a piece of paper for you, but they won't mean anything. Right. Um, and that's, that's not ethical as far as we're concerned. Exactly. So. Yep, just trying to do our due diligence, but um, where were we? So um, if the venues don't always ask for uh, a certificate of insurance, uh, what if, you know, whoever you're working with, I know we've talked about this a little bit, uh, that sometimes they don't understand the contract themselves, like you said, or they may be asking for something that they don't realize is, isn't backed up in there. Right. Um, why, would, why do you think that the venue may not understand its own contract sometimes? I think that's kind of scary, but why do you think that happens? I think that a lot of times there's maybe a training manual, and they say, this is what you have to do, and they're following ABC, mm -hmm. and sometimes they get contracts off the Internet. Mm -hmm. um, they just don't understand what the contract means, but they're supposed to ask for certain things. Mm -hmm. So they do. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, so they could be picky. It may not even be them, but sometimes the person you're working with doesn't know anything about these pieces. And then the day of your event, they're coming to right. you and saying, where's this form that you agreed to give us about insurance? And you're like, ooh, my my contact at the venue didn't tell me that, and I didn't know that. Um, 
And again, they may not ask for the certificate of insurance, but you've signed a contract and you've added, added them as an additional insurer. Right. And something happens, then there you go. You're Regardless if we give you a certificate of insurance, you're they're added. You're on the hook. You're on the hook. Yep. You signed it. So, uh, so if they don't understand the contract and they aren't asking for a certificate of insurance, let me just make sure we've made this clear. Should I still submit the contract for review? They didn't ask for anything and they don't understand the contract, so we're cool, right? No. <laughs> if you sign a contract, regardless if a certificate of insurance is provided, you've contractually obligated your national organization to the terms of the contract, and that could be very unfavorable. Right. So what you're saying is that if the contract is unfavorable unfavorable to our national or international organization, in this case our sorority, and we have signed it and something happens, the national organization could be on the hook. Yes. And depending on the terms of the contract, you could be agreeing to allow uh, specifically designated parties to have the same benefits that your organization has, additional insured. In other words, you're agreeing to add these parties to your national organization's insurance policy and you're providing this coverage to them for free. Well, that doesn't seem very fair. So just because they hid some words in a contract, they're getting access to your whole national sorority's insurance policy. That's kind of crazy. That is crazy, but that happens. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's not and good. no. Well, and I think just a quick note because I know sometimes people get confused on their online form too. That additional insured is a status. It, if you see that somewhere and someone says, "I need additional insured," that doesn't mean they need more insurance. Correct. That you don't need to go buy more insurance necessarily. That's that's where again we can pick that out and know what that means. Um, whereas I'm sure if I saw that the first time, I'm like, "Oh, we need additional insurance." No, nope. it means they want to be an insured person additionally to you on your own policy. Right. Um, yes. So, and we just want to make sure that we're only doing that with entities that your organization feels comfortable with and not sketchy people out there. Correct. So, can you give us some examples of what that would look like in a real event scenario? Like sure. Okay, here's, here's an example that should never happen, but this will give you a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you've added a caterer who is providing the alcohol as an additional insured. <clears throat> the caterer is not practicing good risk management and overserves one of your chapter members or guests and they become intoxicated and then they assault another individual at the function. Yikes. Now our girls would never do this. <clears throat> never. Well, sometimes there's crazy guests that, yeah, do crazy stuff. But they would never have these crazy guests, but just in case. Just in case. If that did happen, your insurance policy would be obligated to defend this caterer, potentially pay for any judgment against them. So we prefer each party to a contract to rely on their own insurance coverage and then let the courts determine the negligent, where the negligence lies and where the, who is liable to pay for bodily injury or damages. Got it. That's a very relevant example um, and very well put together. It almost sounds like you were reading it from a great well, resource. Do, do we need to memorize <laughs> that whole resource? No, 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 no. <laughs> this can be found on our website. I will tell you that. It's mjsorority.com. And this particular document that I'm referring to is Reviewing Contracts 101. 
If you go to our website, there's a search function. You can put in event planning, contract review, uh, certificate of insurance. Or we have a ton of resources and would love for you to utilize those. Awesome. For free. Yeah. And we'll try to put some links in our show notes for both that and that form where you can submit all this stuff for us to review. Yes. Both very important. Okay, well, I, we, I think that's a good just overview of contracts and what we're looking for and how this process works for event planning and just things to think through anytime you're signing your name on something. Right. Uh, let's move to our yay or nay portion of the podcast. Okay. Where we not kinda, speed round. This not time. speed round. No. I mean, if you want to talk super fast, you go for <laughs> it. But um, <laughs> So I will ask you a couple of questions, Ruth, and you tell me yay or nay to these questions. So... Uh, I know that we used to check contract language for indemnification clauses. Uh, that word indemnify means to make whole. Indemnification clauses and any statements about gross negligence. Are these a still a cause for concern? And is there anything we can do about it when we see these words in our contracts? Well, from an insurance perspective, more often than not, no. Mm-hmm. Um, nay. This is year and after that. Uh, we found that most contracts contain these clauses. Some are unfavorable and some are not. Um, at one time, we did try to have the wording removed from contracts, but more often than not, we were not successful. Um, so when we find them, we just explain to the chapter member that they should be aware of the contractual obligation and take precautions to have a safe event, which they are doing anyway. Got it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, and it, it seems like it's just sort of become the cost of doing business. Yes. That most good contracts will have that language in there. So as long as it's not super scary and it's not like signing away your firstborn child. And so, I mean, but there, there's a lot of things. And especially if you ever sign any, I know we're talking about contracts today, but waivers have a lot of this language in there right. too. Um, so we know that some of that is just going to be in there in the cost of doing business. Um, and, and like you said, we didn't have much success in changing no. those. Um, so that's why we focused on some of those other words we mentioned earlier in the, in the t- episode today, like additional insured and primary additional insured and waiver of subrogation and things like that. Correct. Got it. Okay. So other question is, so if I, here's sort of a scenario. So if I'm the event planner or social chair or philanthropy captain, for my chapter, and I'm the one planning an event, can I just sign my own name on the contract? Um, Is that a good idea? No. (laughs) You can sign your name, but it has to be on behalf of your organization. Mm. But you also need to follow the guideline, your national organization's guidelines on who can sign a contract. Mm -hmm. Um, But typically, you will have to sign your name, or somebody from your organization will have to sign their name as a contact. Person, but it needs to be on behalf of your national organization. Um, just make sure your organization's name is on the contract, not just your name. Um, Got it. I think I want my name on anything without my sorority. Right, especially just a really expensive event. I don't really want to be on the hook no. for that by myself. I'd want my organization on it since they're the ones backing me up. Right. 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 The insurance is in their name. Got Not it. Yours. Got it. Okay. So, and if and and you made a good point. If I'm signing on behalf of an organization, I'm looping them in anyway, even if it's just my name on it. Right. So, 
you might as well just put their name and not get your name tangled up all in it. And you can put your name as a contact person, and you right. will have to sign it on behalf of the, as right. long as your organization's name on there, and it's clear that the, it's an organization's event. Right, and that's usually toward the top of any contractor agreement, right? Like who that is. Um, usually, yeah. yeah. And then there may be a reference towards the bottom, too. Got it. Okay. Well, good. Well, hopefully we've answered your questions about contracts. If you think of any more and want to reach out to us, please do. You can contact Ruth, or you can contact me, um, or you can, there's sort of a question section on our website, or you can look at our FAQ section on our website to see if we've already answered your question, uh, because often we have, but we're always open to new ones. Lots of FAQs that will answer your questions. For sure. And now moving on to the fun portion. Not that contracts aren't fun, but... They are so fun. (laughs) I heard you say it. I'll quote you on that. Um, that, uh, We'll move on to what we can't stop talking about, our fun kind of last segment that um, it's just stuff we can't stop talking about that doesn't necessarily have to be insurance related. So what about you, Ruth? Yes, mine has nothing to do with insurance, (laughs) but I have found this great product or fingernail. It's a fingernail dip, not polish, but like dip. Mm. I was spending so much on manicures and Mm. I came across this product. It's called Revel Mm -hmm. and they have a million colors. You can match your toes. It's so easy to do. It's very inexpensive and I love it. Mm-hmm. I do my own nails. I can do French manicures. You can do ombre. You can do anything you want. It is so much fun, so inexpensive. It lasts a couple weeks anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, my nails are longer and healthier. And if you are interested in knowing more about it, I don't have anything to do with them, but I do. I can probably get you, like I think, 10 or 15% discount if you contact me. Oh, it's that's awesome. Very cool stuff. Really cool. Yeah, well, and I should mention too, Ruth's nails always look fabulous, oh, and thank you. I feel like you've been right. changing them out more now that oh, you have it's Rebel. It's kind of fun to do. It's so yeah. easy. I mean, you paint the stuff on, you dip it in the powder, you paint some more on, you dip it in the powder. You know more stuff on your cuticles. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And you, honestly, I just refinished a nightstand. Did not wear gloves. Did not harm my nails at all. That's awesome. It's amazing. How many colors would you say you have now? That I have? Oh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. A lot. (laughs) A lot. I've been on a French kick Mm -hmm. lately. Yeah. But I have a lot. I don't have all of them. They have tons. Mm -hmm. You name it, they've got it. Beautiful colors. And the customer service is outstanding. Oh, yeah. You've mentioned how helpful they are. Yes, they're wonderful. So if you're interested, let me know. Well, good. Well, and I may or may not have um, gotten to see a personal demonstration of it when, when <laughs> she she brought it in and we played nail salon a we little bit and just over lunch. But um, yeah, she <laughs> she showed us kind of how it's done and it's really cool. I've it never seen cool. dip it's nails so before. It's so easy. It mm-hmm. is just so easy. And when you think that you can get everything you need for maybe $30, you can do, I don't even know how many manicures for $30. And you can't barely walk in the salon for that Mm -hmm. it's amazing well cool yep that's my little plug there like i said i don't work for them obviously because i work for mj but i love this stuff yeah well then that's a good product if you want to plug it for free yeah (laughs) maybe Maybe they should give you a cut maybe they'll send me maybe they'll send you a little coupon code you should send them this episode i think i might (laughs) 
Well, good. Well, something that I sort of, I don't know that I would say I can't stop talking about it, but something that I've enjoyed for a while that uh, I got to do recently and I'm going to get to do again is super random, but country line dancing. Have you ever been country line dancing, Ruth? No. It's it's kind of fun. Well, and I, so I'm from Texas and in Texas we do more country like two-stepping, which is sort of more of a partner dance. And when I was home over the holidays, I got to go out with my brother and sister and some of my family and do that. And it's a little different. It looks a lot more like swing dancing. See, that would be fun. I was thinking you meant like, I don't know what I was thinking. Well, and so here in Indiana, I found this really fun place called Saddle Up. I know there's a couple places. There's like an eight-second saloon and some others that I haven't gotten to try yet. But Saddle up, they just, there are some serious country line dancers there. And that's like less partner dancing and it's more on your own. But you just, everyone just sort of stands around and you just kind of watch somebody dance a pattern and you just sort of copy it. And like, then you've got like 20 or 30 people doing it and people add their own variations. And it's sort of like a mental challenge is why I like it because you have one song to learn this dance. And then they move on to the next one. I so it's kind of fun. Good at this, I don't think. Well, it's it's fun to watch, if nothing else. That's yeah. why I tell my friends, and I am not above using my birthday as an excuse to um, like con people into yes. coming to do it with I, me. I was so. going to get that in here. Allison <laughs> just had a birthday. I did. Yep. I just turned thirty, which was a big big birthday for me. Yep. So she's a January, but she's. My grandson is her birthday buddy. They yes. have to share the same birthday. Yep, January 12th. Yep. Every he year, turned same four, birthday. Allison turned 30. Yeah, just a little bit of an age gap oh, there. Yeah. But <laughs> but it is, it's fun to have a birthday buddy and, and keep up with him and hear, hear what he, he gets into lately. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> you never know about him. <laughs> but, yes, country line dancing. I'm going out this weekend with some friends. I'll report back on, yeah, on how that goes. It. It's fun. And I'm, I'm getting some new people to try it. It's It's been a fun thing here in Indiana. So. You just never know. I may end up going out there to yeah. saddle up. Yeah, it's not you get to wear outfits? I wear, so I have these turquoise cowboy boots I wear that are oh, super fun because it's so much more fun to dance in boots because you can kind of stomp around in them. Oh. Although I'll tell you, my feet kind of hurt the next day if I stomp too oh, hard. Yeah. Boots getting boogie. <laughs> boots getting boogie. Yep, that's one of them. Yep, there you go. That's one of them. And I actually have, I have a black shirt that kind of has some fringe on it that's fun oh, too. Oh my goodness. When you kind of spin around and stuff. Well, so. I saw a store somewhere that, that just specializes in like cowboy stuff cowboys yeah. yeah yeah there are stores out there that do that and there are people here that are like super serious they go all the time they're regulars they lead the dances they just kind of start one they hear a song come on and they can dance to anything not just country music like they'll have a pop song come on and they'll figure out a line dance to it it's amazing well, if i could find pink boots and maybe oh yeah i might go you'd look good in some pink cowboy I love boots pink cowboy mm-hmm. boots i found some of the cutest pink cowboy and they were little girls why don't they make them in my size? I would totally They should that. make them in your they size. Should. Everyone deserves pink cowboy oh, boots if they want them. Yeah. Especially me. We should write to someone. <laughs> we should write a letter. <laughs> and a you, pink cowboy hat. Exactly. Ruth yeah. Ruth loves pink. I and, love pink. And she wears it well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. She does. She I does. I would love to see those turquoise boots. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to send some pictures. Yes. It's, it's a fun it's a fun thing but yeah so I'll report back on how on how that goes but um, yeah just something I can't stop talking about is line dancing if you haven't tried it I'm sure that there's somewhere in your town uh, that does it it's super fun 
be fun. Get you some exercise, too. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, out of breath after a couple songs. I have to take a break. It's intense, some of these attack. people. Yeah. I just have to sit there and have a Coke Zero well, and that's what, it's, wear my pink cowboy just, boots. And just yeah. show off your boots and watch people. <laughs> it's, it is awesome people watching, if yeah. nothing else. If nothing else. So. Sounds fun. Yeah. Well, that's what we've got for you guys today. Uh, let us know what you think, and we'll be back real soon. Thanks for joining us for Real Talk. We want to hear from you. If you have feedback, comments, or questions, send us an email at realtalk at mjsorority.com. Visit our website, mjsorority.com, to learn more about who we are, what we do, and explore our huge resource library. Check out the show notes from today's episode to dig a little deeper into the topics we discussed. This has been Real Talk with MJ Sorority. Be smart. Be safe. And we'll catch you next time.